Morning, everyone. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Restoration. We're so thankful you're here uh, to worship with us this morning, whether you're in person with us or watching online, whether you are uh, a longtime member here or a visitor. Uh, we are glad to, to worship with you. Uh, Zach asked me to make one additional announcement, which is there is a youth group tonight. There was not a slide for that, uh, but just so that everybody uh, who might have questions about that knows, uh, there is youth group tonight. Um, we're continuing in a series that we've been in the last few weeks, if you've been here with us, from Galatians chapter 5 on the fruit of the Spirit. We've been going through one of these fruits each week, uh, looking at what they mean, how we define them, how we see them in our lives. Uh, this week we're on the sixth fruit of the Spirit, goodness. Now if you remember at the beginning of the series, Pastor Dan had asked us that each week we would ask ourselves a question. He wanted us to ask, does this fruit describe me? Right? Is it part of my character? Am I experiencing this fruit as we study it. Now, in order to do that, what we've done is we've defined it for you each week. The first part of each sermon has been spending a little time explaining what that fruit means. But that actually poses a problem for us uh, this week because goodness is a little bit uh, difficult to define, right? For example, does goodness have to do with how we treat people? Maybe, but that actually sounds a little bit like kindness it was last week. Does it have to do with our own holiness, right? God is good. We should be like him. So when we say goodness, it means that we're holy. Well, maybe, but actually I think all of the fruits of the spirit together would be what makes us holy, not just one of them. So then what is goodness? As I looked at commentaries and read some different books this week, it was hard to nail down an answer to that question because nobody gave a very clear, concise definition of goodness. Most of the time they were explaining it from a number of different perspectives. So instead of trying to decipher all of uh, these different scholars' opinions to find a clear uh, definition, I went to one of my most trusted sources for an answer, Adrian Glory. Now, if you know Adrian, the reason that I'm actually being serious about going to Adrian about this, Adrian's one of our seminary interns, is he's really good at being aware about a lot of the cultural conversations that are happening. He listens to a lot of music, watches podcast, listens to podcasts, watches movies, television shows. He knows what people in the culture are talking about. So we were out at lunch this week. We were talking about this sermon. I was explaining this difficulty I was having defining goodness. And so we asked Adrian, Dan asked him actually, where is the culture talking about goodness right now? What are you hearing people talk about? And Adrian gave a great example that I think gives us some tracks to run on this morning. He said, he didn't give a definition, but he said right now you hear a lot of people asking the question, am I a good whatever? Am I a good father? Am I a good mother? Am I a good spouse? Am I a good friend, a good neighbor, a good coworker? Am I a good person? See all kinds of TV shows, movies, regular people asking this 
question. And the moment that I heard Adrian give that example, I knew exactly what he was talking about, right? I may have not had a clear definition to give you about what goodness is, but I understood that question that people are asking themselves because it's a question of identity. It's a question we're all asking ourselves. Am I good? Who am I? What kind of person am I? Am I a person of goodness? I think we all have moments where we ask ourselves that, where we wrestle with our own identity. So this morning we're going to look at a passage where Jesus talks about goodness. Luke chapter 6, Jesus teaches his disciples about goodness. He teaches them how to understand where it comes from, how to understand what it produces in their lives. And so we're going to read that passage and we're going to talk about two things this morning. We're going to talk about goodness outside and goodness inside. Let me invite up Andrea Butler to read our uh, passage for us. She's going to be reading from Luke chapter 6. It's on page 863 of the Pew Bible if you want to turn there. And we're looking at verses 43 through 45. Let's give our attention to God's word. This is the word of the Lord. So I don't know if any of you um, saw the news a couple weeks ago that the actor uh, Carl Weathers passed away. He was in a commercial in the Super Bowl and a few of us were talking about him. And then the next week we found out that he uh, passed away. He was famous for uh, a number of movie roles, especially for playing the boxer uh, Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. These movies, uh, famously, Sylvester Stallone plays uh, Rocky, an up-and-coming boxer who needs to prove himself as a champion despite everybody doubting him, even quite frequently doubts himself many times in this series of movies. So in the first movie, Carl Weathers' character, Apollo, is the world champion. Rocky has to fight him, and Rocky is a, is a huge underdog, of course, because Apollo is the world champion, but also because Paul, Apollo is an incredible uh, fighter. In fact, he's so good that one of the main themes in the first movie is that no one has ever even gone the full 15 rounds with Apollo in a fight. And so that's Rocky's hope in the fight. Rocky uh, has a famous conversation with his girlfriend where he says he doesn't think that he can beat Apollo, but what he wants to do is last the 15 rounds. He wants to last the 15 rounds. She asks, why is that so important to you? You don't think you can beat him. Why is it important to go the 15 rounds? And this is what Rocky says. Because if I'm still standing when that bell rings, then I'm going to know for the first time in my life that I'm not just another bum from the neighborhood. Right? Rocky... Rocky is not sure about his identity. Rocky's not sure who he really is. And what I want us to, to see this morning is that just like Rocky, these questions about who we really are, about our internal identity, are questions that we all ask. People are constantly asking themselves, who am I? In Rocky's words, am I actually a bum? And often, we answer the question just like Rocky did. We look at our outside performance as the way to define our identity. We look at our goodness on the outside. Rocky believes that whatever he does in that ring is going to define his identity 
for himself and for the world that's watching him. If he lasts the 15 rounds, even if he doesn't win the fight, then he won't be a bum. He'll be a good fighter. When we talk about that, I think we all resonate with it because we all do that same kind of thing. Like when I ask myself, am I a good father? Immediately I look at the things that I do for my kids as the answer, right? I, I say, well, I, I spend time with them. I provide for them. I help them grow. I care about them. And so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a good father because I do those things. If I'm not doing them, then I need to start doing them and I'll become a good father. In that moment, I believe that goodness on the outside will make me good on the inside. If I can change my behavior, then I'll change my identity. That's the message that we hear all the time in the world around us. In fact, it's part of what psychologists call self-perception theory. The magazine and website Psychology Today, maybe many of you are familiar with it, said it this way. People become what they do. What they're saying is that you're in control of your own identity. You're a bum, last 15 rounds in the ring and you'll be a good fighter. You're a bad neighbor, you're a bad coworker. Do good things to your neighbors and your coworkers, and you'll be a good neighbor, a good coworker. Your goodness on the outside can produce goodness on the inside. But our passage this morning, Jesus reverses that way of understanding our identity, that way of understanding our own goodness. In verse 43, he says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor, again, does a bad tree bear good fruit. Instead, verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. Jesus seems to be saying that there's an internal reality, that there's an internal identity that's responsible for producing what we then see on the outside. What Jesus is saying is that goodness outside can only come from goodness inside. So which is it? Is our identity created by the things that we do? Do we become good on the inside because of what we do on the outside? Or is Jesus right? And the things that we do on the outside are produced by something that's true about us on the inside, our internal identity. Which of those is true? Now, before you answer, take a minute to think about it a little more deeply. Think about which of those actually is true of your daily experience. I can't answer that question for you, but I can tell you my own experience. My natural reaction is to initially say, yeah, what I do on the outside makes me who I am. But then I start to really examine my life. And I realize, you know what? I actually haven't had a lot of success just trying to change my outward behavior. In fact, the opposite's usually been true. When I've recognized some particular sin in my life and I want to change it by just doing something different, I haven't really seen change. When I recognize some good that I'm not doing, that I should be doing, and I try to muster up the energy and the desire to do it, maybe it works 
once or twice. I might be able to start or stop doing some behavior for a little while through self-determination, through self-discipline, but I get tired, I get exhausted trying to change what I do. It wears me out. Just change through some sort of pure self-effort. Now, it's important to note here that, that I'm not talking about just like daily habits and routines, okay? Like we've all had things where we've thought, you know, I should start doing X, Y, and Z, right? I, that'll help. Let me build that habit in my life, right? Like I want to read 15 minutes before bed. So I, I put a book by my bed and I set an alarm to do it. That's not, we're not talking about those kind of daily habits. What we're talking about are the actions and the identities of our hearts. What I'm talking about is my sin of getting angry when things are out of my control. I'm talking about my longing to be more loving to my neighbors, to treat them as more important than myself. Those are the things that seem nearly impossible for me to change. I know my anger isn't good. It doesn't help bring about what I want. I know that it's a good thing to be loving to my neighbor and to, to think of them as more highly than myself. But I keep getting angry when things are out of control. I keep not loving my neighbor more than myself. If I'm really honest with myself in those moments, it feels like there's a problem that's deeper than what I'm able to deal with on the surface. There's a problem deeper than me just changing what I can or can't do on the outside. Tim Keller famously said that the Bible identifies us as more sinful and flawed than we ever dared believe. And I feel that most keenly when I try to change the things I do on the outside. It's the same thing that the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7. This is how he said it. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate is what I do. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I feel that all the time. I feel all the time this struggle, this wrestling match to do differently, and I can't. And I think if you're honest, you feel that way a lot too. And what that means is that our actual experience, whatever we want to be true, our actual experience verifies the truth of what Jesus is saying in our passage this morning. That the question of our goodness doesn't begin on the outside with the things that we do. The question of if I'm a good father or a good husband or a good friend actually starts somewhere else. Jesus says it starts in my heart. Jesus says it starts with my identity. It starts with who God says that we are as human beings. And what he says about us as human beings is that we're broken, sinful, and unable to do the good that we know we should do or stop doing the evil that we know we shouldn't do. That's the real truth about me. So then is that the end of the story? Is that my end? That's my final answer. There's no hope for us because we can't change the things we do on the outside. 
We can't stop doing those things or start doing new things. I am who I am inside and nothing can change that. Well, fortunately, that's not the end. That'd be a, not a great sermon if, it was, if that was the end. The good news is that Jesus' words, that goodness on the outside comes from goodness on the inside, that implies that there might be some way to get goodness on the inside. There might be some way to gain a new identity of goodness inside. And that brings us all the way back to the fruit of the Spirit. The good news is the way to gain goodness on the inside is through God's Spirit. Remember that one of the key things we've talked about in this series is that the fruit of the Spirit is not something that we produce on the outside through our own efforts. The fruit of the Spirit are produced in us through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now that's great news for two reasons. The first is it means we don't have to change by trying harder. I said it earlier, but it's so exhausting to try and try and try to stop doing the wrong things, to start doing the good things. Jesus, over and over again in his ministry, promised not exhaustion to us, but rest. And isn't this one of the places that you feel like you need rest? The rest from self-effort of trying to do good, trying not to do evil, over and over again, every day in life. Now maybe this morning you hear that and that really doesn't make any sense to you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you didn't realize you could rest from that. From that self-effort of trying to change the things that you do. Maybe you've never heard that Jesus doesn't want you to just try harder. That he's not disappointed in you and mad at you when you fail to do that. That's the second reason this is such great news is that there is another identity available to you. You can rest from just trying harder because you can have the identity of a beloved son or daughter of God. You know what my children have to do in order for me to love them? For me to be completely pleased with them? Nothing. Nothing at all. They don't have to do one thing to be my children. Now, do I want them to listen to me and follow the ways of our family that are good for them? Of course. But they don't have to do those things to be my children, right? They don't have to do those things to be unconditionally loved by me. No, they're free to do those things because they're my children. Sometimes they ask me, Daddy, if I, if I did this thing or that thing, would you still love me? And I say, of course, there is nothing that you could do or not do to make me not love you. Of course, something they can do can make me sad. Something they can do might be something that I know isn't good for them. But I love them because they're my children. And that's what I want us to learn this morning about the fruit of goodness. Goodness is an identity. It's an identity that God gives you through his spirit. You don't have to try to be good on the outside to be a good person. God makes you into a person of goodness through the Holy Spirit, and then goodness flows out of you from the inside 
to the outside, not perfectly, not immediately. We've talked about in this series the need to, to cultivate that fruit through our daily practices. Of course we should be people of goodness on the outside, but only because it is already who we are on the inside because God has made us into people of goodness. Now you might be wondering, how does he do that? How does God make someone into a person of goodness? Well, the answer to that is, as it is always when we end sermons, Jesus. I mentioned that Tim Keller quote to you earlier, but I didn't finish it completely. Tim Keller said that we're more sinful and flawed than we ever dared believe, yet at the same time, more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever dared hope. Jesus is the hope of goodness for you and for me. He's the hope of goodness for every person that has ever asked, am I a good person? Am I a good father? Am I a good son? Am I a good friend? Am I a good co-worker? If you're here this morning and you don't know that Jesus, please hear that good news. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. He redeemed us from being people of evil to being people of goodness. All we have to do is rest in him. Jesus does not ask that you just try harder. Jesus asks that you would rest. Would you do that this morning? Would you trust in Jesus for your goodness, for your identity, so that from now on when you read that word, goodness, you would be reminded not of what you should or shouldn't be doing on the outside, but you would be reminded of who you are on the inside. You are a good son of or daughter of God. And so you're free to live a life of goodness because he's made you good already through what he did on the cross. Fathers, we come now to the table. Would it be the place that reminds us of your goodness and your goodness given to us? We can take the bread and the wine, not to be good, but because you've made us good. We can taste it. We can enjoy it. We can share it with one another as a family because of who you've made us to be. So let us go to this table and take this meal as those who are good sons and daughters of you.